Hello everyone and welcome to Mole Hill Mountain episode 283. Andrew Eisen here. Along with Jared and no one else. Jared is the only one here. <laughs> My counter actually says zero. So it, it could just be you, Jared. But I can't trust any of these count. It, it's funny. Uh, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Restream. None of their counters actually work correctly or consistently. They, they don't even work incorrectly in a consistent manner. So they cannot be trust, trusted. After every stream I do, I get reports from a couple different... I'll only get one, for, you know, I get one from YouTube. When I do my Sunday streams, I'm streaming to uh, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. And so I get one from Twitch, I get one from Restream. And the numbers are all different. Actually, the one I get from Twitch still identifies my show incorrectly. So, it must be something that's really hard to do correctly. Anyway, uh, Jared says, if you want to watch anime that's based on upshots of skirts. Oh, up to, sure. Um, try Spy... B oh, man, that, that that's a constant up-the-skirt shot show. That's a shame. Not that that ever, not not that that necessarily ruins a show, but unless it's like the point of the show, like they do it as a joke, it if that's just done as oh, and we also, I I don't know, um, lyrically see hello however hello, now my counter says one. <laughs> Wait, is it a show? You said, since I know you said it wasn't your taste. So, is this show not based on uh, putting the camera below? Especially since the, one of the leads is like six. <laughs> not that that stopped anime before. Um, one show I like that is upskirts the show is called Agent Ica. Fairly old show now. Um, but... The reason I like that show is because the upskirts are done as a joke. Actually, hey, show and tell! Show and tell! Let's see. Where is it? Uh, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Both of my viewers are like, Andrew, we believe you. You don't need to show us. So... So, Agent Ica, you know, you can, yeah, that's pretty much the entire show right there. So, it's a, you know, spy missions kind of, kind of a show. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's the back. There you go. But the thing is, is my impression of that show is that they're not doing it to be titillating, because it's not. They're doing it to be absurd and funny, which it is. Like everyone, everyone, everyone wears Sailor Moon short skirts that barely cover your butt cheeks, and every single person who gets knocked unconscious via punch, falling rebar, uh, uh, shot, they all fall down with their butts in the air. All of them. 
<laughs> it doesn't physically make any sense, but everyone who's, who gets knocked unconscious or shot dead pitches forward with their asses pointed skyward. It's the funniest damn thing. To me, maybe I'm the only one who likes this show. Um, so, some decent action, too. Uh, granted, I haven't seen it in like 20 years, so maybe my, my opinion has since changed. Um, but... You know, the joke of the show is how creative can we get? Um, you know, how many different ways can we come up with to justify putting aiming a camera up a woman's woman's skirt? And they come they come up with a lot of really amazing ideas. Just a genuinely funny show, to me anyway. Uh, they did a, a sequel series called uh, Ica R sixteen. Uh, which is a prequel which stars Aika when she was a child. So, yeah. Gross. I don't like this one. This one's just disgusting. Because this one comes off as if they're, they're just trying to titillate you rather than make you laugh. I did not laugh. I did not laugh at all. I said, ew. Anyway. So, Agent Aika... But anyway, Spy... Spy... Spy X Family, Spy Cross Family, Spy Times Family. I'm not sure how that's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, sadly, I think uh, Crunchyroll's now doing the thing. It's like, you can watch the first three, but then you can't watch anymore. So I'm like, but what if I like it? Then I'm just going to have to hope it hits Netflix or something. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, uh, Spy X Family is something that uh, looked cool. Uh, for those who don't know... Uh, there's a spy, and he needs to... His mission requires him to have a family, so he hooks up with some woman and they adopt or steal a child. The woman ends up being an assassin, and the child ends up being a psychic, so she can read both her parents' thoughts. They're trying to hide the fact that they're assassin and uh, spy, um, respectively, but she can read their thoughts anyway. <laughs> so it sounds like a real fun idea. Uh, I'll probably check out at least the first episode, and if I like it, then I'll watch the first three and no further because Crunchyroll won't let me unless I give them money. Which, you know, fair enough. Just don't lie to me and say it's for my own benefit to expose me to more anime or some crap like that. It's because you need the money. That's fine. Just be honest. If you were honest, Crunchyroll, I might have signed up. Probably not, but you never know. Now you never will. Mm. Alright. <clears throat> uh, Jared, you meant not. Okay. <laughs> good, good to hear. Yeah, I don't necessarily mind fan service as long as it doesn't... As long as it... As long as it doesn't get in the way of the show. Or as long as you're not jamming a a camera up some schoolgirl's bum. I, I mean, if, if, if it's a, um, if it's a, uh, anime about the competitive world of colonoscopies, then we c then, then cameras should be right up people's butts. But, uh, otherwise it's just annoying. And it's also gross since most anime seems to focus around school children. Yeah, we've got this 15-year-old girl in high school, but what color underwears is she wearing? 
<laughs> Come on. I just want her to mass to uh, manifest demonic powers and smite the school or something. You know, anime. I want her hair to stand on end, and I want her to go, <laughs> You know, that's what I want out of my anime. Um, uh, lyrically says, I wonder when it's supposed to be, supposed to, I wonder when it's supposed to fanfare or intentional when they have upskirt shots or to be fanfare, I meant. Well, you wrote fanfare both times. <laughs> Not quite sure what you were going for there. Cafe Fox, hello. Yeah, lyrically see uh, Agent Ica. I think it, it's definitely not going to be for everyone, but I thought it was funny. Um, so, for the last few years, I have been aware of the existence of Billie Eilish. I have no idea how her name is actually pronounced. But I'm guessing Eilish. And for the past several years, I've had absolutely no clue who the hell she is or what she does. Just that she exists. Because I keep seeing her name in the headlines of articles that I'm not reading because I don't give a poo about celebrity stuff. Because every time I see an article with her name on it, it's like, look at what Billie Eilish was wearing. I don't care. Look at her facial expression. I don't care. But look at what she was wearing. I don't care. Who is she? I almost care enough to actually Google her and see who the hell she is. So last month I was watching Turning Red, the uh, Pixar movie about the gal that turns into a panda. And I'm watching the credits like a good film fan. And I see her name in the credits as uh, one of the uh, co-writers of the uh, Four Town, the, the boy band uh, band team, the boy band band group, the boy band group in the in the show. She was one of the, the writers. I'm like, she's a musician. Oh, now I know who Billie Eilish is. And and I'm sure she. And I'm sure she's a snazzy dresser and makes fun facial expressions. But I could not possibly give less of a shit <laughs> about someone's fashion sense or if they have a penchant for sticking their tongue out at people or whatever she does in public. But um, now I know she's a, a musician, singer-songwriter. And uh, she did a very nice job uh, co-writing uh, the uh, Four Town music for Turning Red because she and whoever was writing with her did a really wonderful job of capturing the oral aesthetic of uh, early 2000s boy band music and everything that frustrates me about them. It's like, okay, so we're going to have... Four or five dudes, right? Right. And they're all going to be great singers. Okay. So we're going to have usually just one soloist and maybe one or two harmony parts. It's like, you've got five singers. Use them. Harmony, goddammit. 
but they rarely ever do. Occasionally they'll build out like a bell cord or something like that, but for the most part, with these boy bands, you know, uh, four or five dudes, you know, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, for the most part, the most you are ever going to get is the lead melody and maybe one or two harmony parts. Rarely does it ever break out into four or five part harmony, and if it does, it's usually very brief. Which is a shame. Because Backstreet Boys and NSYNC are, you know, were composed of dudes who could actually carry a tune. And it, it would have made the music better. Uh, fan fan service it should have said and both I'm guessing that's an autocorrect thing where it where both times it corrected fan service to fanfare <laughs> goddamn autocorrect I had um hang on I had an autocorrect fail or actually a fail to autocorrect fail um I texted my sister, uh, we're going to do a monthly movie mini-reviews, and I said, uh, does 6 p.m. MT time work for you? I meant to type my, and Y is right next to the T, so my big fat fingers probably screwed it up, but I'm amazed that that didn't autocorrect to my, or me, or something, because uh, MT is not a word. So, yeah, phones, what are you going to do? Billie Eilish is how you pronounce it? Okay. Rerum Trading, hello. Chicago, hello. <laughs> Lyrically, see, I don't understand the boy, boy band arrangements at all. Yeah. I don't get it. It, it you, You've got four singer, uh, four or five singers... Use the, you have the opportunity to do something super cool and you're just not. And Billie Eilish and whoever she was uh, composing with definitely did exactly that. It's usually just a one lead melody and I guess the other dudes are just standing there picking their nose. Occasionally they'll, they'll have an accompanying one or two harmony parts and there is one bit where it busts out into five part harmony but I think it's for like one sustained note with doubling but I'd have to listen to it again because it's over a month ago and I don't remember but anyway the point of this story is after years of idly wondering who the hell Billie Eilish is now I know who the hell Billie Eilish is and I bet she feels a lot better about herself now because it, 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 I'm sure it's been nagging at her for the last couple of years. It's like, God, Andrew Eisen doesn't even know who I am. Like, he's aware of my existence, but he has no idea what I do. Well, Billy, I do now. I only know one small piece of your professional oeuvre. I'm sure the rest of it is, is, is keen. Um, hell, uh, you've, you've been doing stuff for years, so odds are I actually have heard some of your work. I just 
have no idea if it's you. It's kind of like Beyonce. Like, I'm aware of who Beyonce is, and I do know what she does. She's another musician. But I couldn't name one of her songs to save my life. I'm sure she is so ubiquitous, I'm sure I have heard probably several of her songs. No idea, no idea which ones are hers, though. I don't know. I should probably listen. I hear she's really good. I should probably, or at the very least, she's very popular. I should probably, you know, just listen to an album one time and just, just get a sense. Anyway. So, uh, not only, so I, this was a week of learning things. So not only did I learn who uh, Billie Eilish is, um, I learned that uh, Moonfall, which is the uh, Roland Emmerich movie, um, about the moon falling onto the earth and it's also hollow and there's a swarm of alien nanobots or something which seems overly complicated to me just the moon's falling that that, that seems enough but I, I haven't seen the film so you know maybe it works works gangbusters anyway I remember seeing the trailer for it and going oh hey big obnoxious disaster movie Neat. I'm not going to the theater for that or anything else, but, you know, neat. Maybe if it's on uh, a streaming service I pay for, I'll, uh, I'll give it a watch. I remember, the, I forget what it's called, but there's a movie came out in the last few years where um, they, uh, I think Jupiter is about to crash into the Earth or something like that, so they build rocket engines on the ass end of the Earth, well, on one side of the Earth, to literally drive the Earth out of orbit and somewhere else. Or maybe the sun's going to explode, and so they're moving the entire planet to a better, to a, to a, to a nearby star, something like that. But point is, is they... They build rockets, or they build engines on one side of the Earth to drive it through the solar system. It's wonderful. I love that. Um, what's it talking about? Oh, Moonfall. So, uh, Moonfall came out in February. I had no idea. I... Let, let me... Uh, Give a quick... I'm pretty sure it was February. Let me double check on that. Moonfall. There's a falling moon. Uh, yeah, early February. So over two months ago. I don't recall anyone reviewing it or talking about it. Um... D did it uh, did it do very very poorly? Let's let's look it up together and, and see how Moonfall did. This will be fun. Let's see, Moonfall. Uh, thirty-eight percent tomato meter for the uh, critics. No one cares about the audience score. Um, so. Looks like uh, generally people didn't care for it that much. Not too surprising for that kind of a movie. Uh, let's see. Bop de boo, bop de boo. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, 
and Moonfall did... Oh, it opened... Uh, did it have a limited release or something? How many screens did it have? Uh, it doesn't say, but it opened just under 10 mil. Ooh, that's not good. What's its budget? I don't know. Does it say? Uh, looks like it's had a domestic gross... Uh, domestic of under 20 million and worldwide just over 40. Yeah. Yeah, unless this was only opened in a few theaters, um, this bombed. Oh man, no wonder I haven't heard anyone talking about it. No one went to see it. Was Independence Day 2 that bad? I never saw it. <laughs> Lyr lyrically, see, I thought it just came out. I didn't think it came out yet because no one was talking. I remember seeing the trailers. I remembered the movie. And um, I forget what context I actually... Someone had mentioned it. Um, actually, what was it? Uh, let me... Dee, 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 dee. Uh, let's... Uh, let me take a while to guess. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, uh, Red Lighter Media uh, had a review of it earlier this week. Uh, that floated across my recommends. It's like, look, Red Letter Media reviewed Moonfall. I'm like, how'd they do that? It's not out yet. I looked it up and went, it came out two months ago? How come no one told me? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, who all? Who actually reviewed it? Okay, so, oh, well, 199 critical reviews. Uh, Harold Sun, K, never heard of him. The Christian Century. The Christian Century uh, thought it was, gave it a fresh. Um, wow, I've never heard, I've, I've, I've never heard of any of these people. Nope. Mr. Movies Film Blog. Okay. Screen Zealots. Fun. The Movie Cricket. Mediaversity Reviews. Buttered Popcorn. Are these all fan websites? Just like personal blogs or something? Go, I'm going on the page three. It hasn't been anyone I've heard of yet. Oh, Common Sense Media. Yeah, sure. They they gave it a fresh, too. Bunch of assholes. Uh, da, 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 da. Screen Rant. Okay, there's one I've actually... I had, to, I had to go four pages deep before I found a reviewer that I've actually heard of. Rachel's Reviews. Uh, Entertainment Weekly. Heard of that one. Okay. Sift Pop? Larson on Films? We Have a Hulk gave it a uh, splat review. 
<laughs> my god they had just uh, no disrespect to any except you know common sense media no disrespect for any i'm sure you're all lovely people okay well there's what i'm going to say is very disrespectful and you know i apologize for it but they seem to be scraping the bottom of the barrel for uh gotta figure out a better phrase here um, because I'm sure you're all lovely publications, and I don't, uh, the mainstream reviewers weren't interested, so, uh, they had, they had to, uh, they had to, they had to plumb the B team. I, I don't know. Dan Merle reviews. The New Yorker. Okay, heard of that one. Just My Opinion reviews. This seriously sounds like just one person who runs their own uh, film blog, you know? Chicago Sun-Times, Richard Roper. Okay, th there's one I've heard of, sure. Slate. Okay, sure. This is seriously like six... I'm six pages in. I've heard of like four or five of these reviewers and publications. <clears throat> wonder if it uh, because of COVID restrictions I mean it might be a uh, part of that I mean the review kind of thing might be uh, like if they if uh, whatever studio put this film out if they did not send out screeners then a lot of the critics and publications may have been, been like well I'm not gonna go out and see it I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go out in the pandemic to see Moonfall forget it Spider-Man sure Sonic 2, yeah. But Moonfall? Nah, man. <laughs> I'm just kind of getting a kick uh, going through this and reading uh, various... Um... Oh, the Daily Mail. You can flush that down the toilet. Associated Press. Okay, AV Club, sure. Chicago Tribune. Why, is this on... Why are these on page 7? Are these in order? They might be in order by date. Come watch the uh, Mole Hill Mountain podcast while, where Andrew reads the internet. Mashable, heard of that one. Paul's Trip to the Movies. The internationally known Paul's Trips to the Movies. Casey's Movie Mania. Ooh, I like this one. It's better in the dark. Vanity Fair. There, okay, sure. Know that one. Polygon, okay. No Polygon. I, I like the pull quote from Polygon, though. This film could have literally given us the moon. Instead, it offers the world's noisiest lullaby. <laughs> that's not bad next week Andrew reads the phone book yeah okay uh, whoops 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 oh, oh, browser no don't do that don't do that sorry okay my, my browser just went cursplat cur there for a minute alright <clears throat> so let's chronicle some xenoblades definitively so, after my golly, what I I think it, I think it's uh, 
there's a, ads trying to load on this page and they're failing or something because the browser keeps going like that. I think it's trying to load in an ad and failing, and so it's adjusting the screen to make room for an ad, but the ad's not loading, so it's putting the screen back. Oh, God. And you wonder why people block ads. And Jared says, I think, you're, I think we're used to you surfing the web on streams. Yeah. So, last week, I believe, uh, I fin finally finished uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the game that finally ended. And, um, so I, well, that's going to, hang on just a second. Ugh. Oh, my God. Hang on. Don't worry, it's nothing serious. Oh, shit. Okay, well, that, that's kind of serious. I mean, not, not the most horrible thing ever, but... <sighs> so, I am a guy... And as a guy, I, and I left the kitchen light on. And as a guy, I have myriad faults. One of those faults is if I can't see something, it doesn't exist. Object permanence, not a strength of mine. So, for example, when it comes to cleaning my living space, I actually do clean. But if I don't see something, I don't clean it. Like the inside of the microwave. Because here's my desk. Here's how tall I am. The microwave is like down here. So I can't see into the microwave. So I can't see how disgusting and filthy it is. So I forget to clean it. The underside of the, the covering over my stovetop. I'm taller than it. So I can't see up under it. And it's covered in where the grease splatters up. I forget to clean that. So I was just looking over there where my front door is, and I could see the dirt piled on top of the door jam because I don't clean that, because I don't think of it. So I had to clean it real quick, and it's disgusting. That's how much dirt was piled up on top of my door jam. So much that I could see it while looking up at the door jam. And I broke the doorstop. This is the thing that sticks again off the door at a perpendicular angle so that it doesn't, so it bumps against the wall. It just snaps straight off, so that's less than ideal. So Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, that last boss takes forever. Which one? The Xenoblade? I haven't, I haven't beaten Xenoblade yet, so... Um, anyway, so, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn finally finished it, moved to another game in my games I haven't finished, uh, so I started, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, in earnest to see if I can finish the game. I have not finished it yet, but I would like to talk about it, because the game actually really upset me last night. Xenoblade... 
I think a lot of people like Xenoblade more than I do. I'm one of those weird people who uh, the last story is my favorite of the Rainfall 3. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, the last story in Pandora's Tower. I actually like uh, last story quite a bit more than Xenoblade Chronicles. Horizon Zero Dawn, what was the last boss? Well, it depends if you're talking about Horizon's last boss or Frozen Wild's last boss. In, in Horizon, um, it's just a... It's just a Deathbringer, and I think there's like a couple of Corruptors wandering around too, but... I don't know, I, I took them... I mean, unless you're con considering that entire sequence where you have the, you know, the... The siege of the, the waves of enemies coming at you, and you know, Deathbringers and Stormbirds and stuff like that. But you have the big cannon thing, and that blows them up real nicely. It did take a while, but it was pretty easy. I just stood there with the cannon, just shooting things, and they eventually blew up. I don't, I, of course, I had maxed out Aloy, I had long since maxed her out by that point, so I was at the, the 60 level 60 cap. So, yeah, I just kind of, I, I, I thought it was fun because you got to use that one lady who built the big cannon thing. So you have the big cannons that you can fight the things with, which just blows them up real good. Helios or whatever the dude's name, I didn't even realize I was fighting him for like half of the battle. I'm like, why? I keep shooting this guy in the head. Why is he not dying? Oh, that's the main bad guy, dude. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize I was fighting him. I thought it was just some other dude. I'm like... Arrow, arrow, arrow. Thump right in the head. Oh, and his health goes, doop. I'm like, what the hell? Didn't realize I was fighting the main guy. Yeah, uh, you, there's no unique boss at the end of Horizon. It's a bit disappointing. You just fight another Deathbringer. And there's a few Corruptors uh, wandering around, but your dudes t took care... In my experience, the dudes took care of them. So... I don't know. Anyway, um, so Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, maybe it wasn't fully leveled, took me a while before I beat it. Uh, I mean, I mean, it takes a while to do. Deathbringers, Corruptors, Stormbirds, um, Fireclaws, those are, uh, Frozen Wild monsters, but they do take, at best, several minutes, they, they're just damage sponges. They do take a long time to, uh, I actually get bored of... Some of the monsters in Horizon I got bored of fighting before I actually... I'm like, okay, I'm ready for you to die now. You're not hitting me. I'm fine. But... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So Xenoblade. Long game. Although I've only been playing it for like... Uh, this one actually tracks your time. I've only got 80 hours in it. Whereas uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I have no idea what the play length was. It felt like 200 and some hours, but... So, uh, Xenoblade, long game. Uh, basic premise of the game is you live on the body of a titan. And long ago, there were two titans. The Bionis, which you live on, and the Mechonis. And they were locked in Mortal Kombat, and they both swung their swords at each other and both killed each other. So now these two titans are just standing there, and two civilizations, the Homs, which are, you know, human beings live on the Bionis, and the Mechonists live on the Mechon... The Mechons live on the Mechonists, the machine peoples. Right? Cool. 
So in Xenoblade, you're going on a quest. You live on Colony 9 or something on the Bionis' knee. And your quest takes you up its leg to its hip, around to its back, up its back, around to the front, onto its head, back down to the shoulder, down the arm, across the arm, and across the sword, all the way over to the Mechanis, where you fall off and land at the Mechanis' feet. And I'm like, oh, okay, so now we have to... Uh, we have to get to the Mechanis' head where the bad guy is, right? So I'm figuring uh, there's a town at the very bottom, and like, oh, we're going to see how the other side lives. We're going to journey up the Mechanis' leg and up its body, and we're going to see all kinds of different biomes and different uh, townships and meet some different characters, and nope, you pretty much take an elevator right up to the head. Oh. I wonder if that was a time and budget thing, or a pacing thing, or it's like, oh god, this game is going to be 300 hours long if we, <laughs> if we don't just get him to the head. So, Jared says, Deathbringer is rather easy to down. Uh, once, you, once you know what to do, yeah, most of the enemies, most of the enemies, there's a trick to it, but if you don't know the trick... You could be firing hardpoint arrows into their asses for like 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, that's the interesting thing about uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is it's... You need to learn the enemy and learn how to deal with them. I mean, you could brute force it. It's just going to take a long damn time. Uh, some of them can be spongy anyway, but... Uh, anyway, so... So last night... I didn't get to sleep at all. No, no. Um, so I'm thinking this is this maybe this is like the final battle. So we get to the final area, and we hit a cutscene, long ass cutscene, dropping knowledge bombs left and right. All the reveals are happening. We get in a fight with the bad guy. Okay, I died. He TPKs my part. That's one thing. That's one of the things about uh, Xenoblade Chronicles I don't like. A lot of times it's just not clear what's happening in fights. Like, all three of my characters were fine, and then suddenly all three of them were dead. And I have no idea what happened. And that happens occasionally. It's really irritating. So the game reloads me on the other side of the room. I didn't lose any progress or anything, but I have to walk all the way back down this hallway to get to the... I don't have to sit through the cutscene again. It just restarts the fight. But there's nothing in the hallway. There's no enemies there. There's no platforming to do. It's just, you know, here's the boss, and you die. And instead of starting you here so you can just try the boss again, they start you over here. For no reason... Other than you have to walk all the way back to the boss. That's irritating. Are you telling me not a single playtester ever bought it at the at that boss and went, Hey, can we put the reload checkpoint like right next to the boss so the gamer doesn't have to spend a minute walking all the way back? I see that. That's not just Xenoblade. I see that in a lot of games. Uh, the final boss in PNO3. Remember that? It's a good game. You should. It does the same thing. 
if you die to the boss, it restarts you, not right at the boss, but like two rooms back. And there are these big damn rooms that take 30 seconds to run across. And each of these rooms have this big pit in the middle. So you can't just run straight across the room. You have to go around this hole in the floor. It takes like a full minute or so to run back to the boss. And there's literally zero reason for that. It's so annoying. Anyway, so I beat the boss. Cutscene. Long, long, long cutscene. Oh, surprises. Oh, drama. Oh, betrayals. Oh, it's a twist. Oh, this person's dead. Oh, this person lives. Oh, the cavalry has come. Oh, the cavalry just got shot out of the sky. Oh, we've revealed another... Ca it goes on and on and on. And then it's finally over. And you run down a corridor for about two minutes, and then you hit another really long cutscene. <laughs> Until you get back to, um, I th think you end up in Colony 6. And then you finally have control again. And you run outside, across the town, outside the town, around the outside of the town to where Fiora, whatever her name is, standing. And then you sit through another long cutscene, and then you have a battle... I swear, I wasn't timing it, but I think it's nearly three hours of story cutscenes, punctuated by, I think, uh, three or four boss fights and, like, two or three corridor walks. Like, th th they are broken up by not really gameplay, but just a long walk down an empty, featureless corridor. Oh man, that was driving me nuts. Because I had started the game last night because I had just finished my work week. I'm like, I just want to relax and play Xenoblade Chronicles. And Xenoblade Chronicles is no, you will not play. You will watch. I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I just want to play the game. I just want to beat the snot out of some monsters. Take care of some side quests. Pick up the little heart-to-heart -heart conversations. No, no. It's story cutscenes all the way, buddy boy. Story's pretty decent. Could have been paced better. Rule of thumb, if you're doing a uh, three-hour-long exposition dump at one point, you might consider spreading that out over the narrative a bit. So... I spent a good chunk of the, the day just wandering around, because the game has a wonderful fast travel system. game loads real snappy. I mean, I, I don't think you can load from any area in the game into any other area in the game. I think in less than 10 seconds. It's pretty nice. So I've been going around just exploring, f seeing where some of the uh, you know side quests are I missed, and uh, doing the heart-to-hearts and stuff, just because... I think I might be at the final boss. I'm, I'm like approaching the literal beating heart of the Bionis. And I think it's going to be the sub-bad guy and then maybe the bad guy. On the other hand, I'm like level 75 and there's still like level 99 monsters running around. So I, I, I don't know if the game's about to end and it expects me to grind for 10 or 15 hours so that I can fight some of the monsters. Or if there's a lot of game left. I, I really don't know. Um, Jared says, a walk of shame, punishment for death. Yeah. Uh, Viper says, hey, Viper. 
Uh, speaking of game time, do you find yourself spending more time on the PS4 or Switch? Oh, PS4. Easily. By, by like a landslide. Um, oh, since you're actually awake for one of these? Nice. Uh, there is very... Uh, although Xenoblade, I'm playing on the Switch, yeah. Uh, there, Switch uh, still love me my Nintendo, but yeah, the Switch is just... Does not have a vast library of games that I'm even interested in. Love Mario. Um, Mario Odyssey was good. Uh, Breath of the Wild is is a very good game. Just one I didn't really connect with. Still looking forward to hearing more about Breath of the Wild 2. Um, Luigi's Mansion 3 I enjoyed. Most of the games, most and the Switch is chock full, chock a block, uh, with great gains. Just ones I'm not in, into, like Arms, or Mario Kart, or Smash Brothers, or um, Splatoon. Great games, just games I'm, I have no interest in playing. And a lot of the games are games I already played on the Wii, or rather the Wii U. Um, you know, Pikmin 3, great game. Already already played it on the Wii U. Captain Toad Treasure Track Tracker, phenomenal game. Already played it on the Wii U. Super Mario 3D Worlds, fantastic game. Already played it on the Wii U. I'd really like to play that Bowser's Fury thing, but I ain't rebuying the game for it. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm, I'm playing... Uh, I mean, hell, uh, even... Um, it was just announced in the last couple of days that uh, no more here... <clears throat> <clears throat> Pardon me. No More Heroes Three is going to be on the PS4 and the other system. So I'm like, oh, may as well wait until it's on the PlayStation Four, where it will almost certainly run better. You know, I hear that uh, No More Heroes Three is a fun game, but it's got some performance issues. You know, frame rate hiccups and and. Uh, Stuff like that. Odds are it will run better on the PS4. So why not play it? Because portability means nothing to me. May as well play it on the PS4. So yeah. Uh, I still love me my Nintendo. But yeah, this generation it's been mostly uh, PS4. So. Um, that's how Xenosaga 2 and 3 were on the... Uh, PS2, long cutscenes. Yep, sounds like a Xeno game. <laughs> uh, Xenosaga 2 even came with a DVD full of cutscenes so you could catch up on the events. Razorhog, hello. What kind of work do I do? I do uh, quality shorts. Um, Jared says that sounds like Trails. Trails, I think, is uh, better paced. I mean, even that exceptionally long cutscene that we ended the la last week's stream on... Which took, I think, what, 80 minutes? Um, for most players, that's probably only half an hour. I mean, it's 80 minutes because I'm reading all the dialogue out loud and goofing on it. So, this was just... Had to have been like three hours. Now, granted, some of that was actually boss fights. Um, and walks down a corridor. Like, if... That tells me that the developers knew that they were 
their cutscenes and story stuff was running way too long and they needed to break it up but they had no gameplay so it's like okay now we return the uh, we return control to the player so that they can just walk to the next cutscene on i think i would just rather they not i i don't know it's just really irritating and it's at the point where there's a couple places in the game that i like the the hyantia city i can't go there right now I don't think it's... Maybe it was destroyed. I'm not sure. Um, didn't seem to really clearly articulate why I can't go into a couple places, but... I can't. Also, most of the side quests are, again... You know, there was a... I finally got out of that cutscene nonsense. It's like, do you want to go fight the big bat? I'm like, no, I just want to play the game. Oh, look, some cutscene. Or some uh, side quests. And I gr gather the side quests, and it's like, oh, go defeat monsters. Cool. And these monsters are like 20 levels higher than me. I'm like, oh. So in other words, I can't do any of these side quests right now. Nice. Um, uh, I don't... Ha it, it depends. Uh, Jared says I like long cutscenes, so I don't see the problem. Depends on if the cutscene's any good or not. And uh, the story for, um, it, it's all about pacing, really. Uh, one issue, one problem, there are several, but one problem uh, that Xenoblade runs into is your party is like seven characters, something like that. You also have a few tagalongs. So you've got a main group, so you've got a cutscene with, you know, eight to ten people in it, right? Everyone has to have their say even though everyone's saying the same exact thing. It's like, Karna is like, Oh no, my friend from the thing, he's dying and we've got to stay here for them. And Ryan says, No, Karna, he's made his choice. He has to stay here and you have to come with us. And then Shulk says, Ryan is right. You need to come with us because he's made his choice. Fiona, that's right. He's made his choice. So you need to come with us. Uh, Ricky, that's right. Karnapon, or, or I keep using her Japanese name. Sharna, I think they call her in uh, uh, English. Um, it's so weird seeing it written Sharna and then hearing everyone say Karna. I'm like, why did you... Why just leave her name Karna? That's... I, I don't know. Anyway. Um... And it just cycles through every single person saying exactly the same thing. And it just wastes time. I guess it gives every character a moment to shine, and I'm glad the actors are earning their paychecks, but good God. <laughs> we need to go fight the bad guy. Who's with me? I'm with you, Shulk, because I'm always with you and you never steer us wrong. I'm with you too, Shulk. I'm 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 glad I'm here with all the rest of you. So am I. And it's like, oh God, we're gonna go through every single character. With you remember last week when I was making that joke about how um, the four Ouroboros characters all introduce themselves? I thought it would be funny if because they're facing down a squad of like twenty of the good guys. I'm like, I hope all twenty of the good guys in turns like I'm Dave and 
<laughs> I went to school for accounting, but got drafted into the Royal Army. It's like, I'm Philip, and uh, I was Dave's roommate, and and just went through the entire, just for half an hour. And that's a joke, because that's stupid. You definitely don't want to do that. But Xenoblade does that. Oh, it's so irritating. I like the characters. The story is pretty good. Uh, one, th one thing that drives me nuts, though, is... Um, Shulk has this nasty habit, well, Fiora, Fiona, whatever her name is, uh, both the, the leads have this nasty habit of not telling their party members what's going on, like if they're having some problems. No, what's wrong? Nothing. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm fine. You know you can talk to me, right? I know, and if there was something wrong, I would tell you. It's like, Shulk, you you know that you can talk to us, right? Yep. So is there anything wrong? No. And bad things happen because it's like, Shulk, why didn't you tell us? I'm sorry. Look, dude, if something's wrong, we're here for you. We'll work through it together. Whenever you have one of your stupid visions or something's not sitting right, just tell us. You're right. I will. He never does. They establish it really early how he's, you know, he never does. Maybe he does at the very end of the game or something, but both Shulk and uh, Fiora, Fiona, whatever her name is, both of them in, will not to ever, ever, at any point, ever, no matter how many times the other characters are begging them to stop pulling this shit, they keep doing it. It keeps getting them all in trouble, and it's like, gosh darn it, guys. Just tell us about this stuff. We're here to help. You're right. I've learned my... No, you haven't learned your lesson. You're just going to do it again. It drives me nuts. I hate that. That... Uh... Alex Perez. Hello. Opened up my YouTube app at the restaurant. Saw that you were live. Just wanted to check in and say hello. I'll catch one of these live someday. I promise. <laughs> Alright. Well, enjoy your dinner. Um... <clears throat> I can't do Yoda. Meiju's choice he has. Come with us, you must. With us, you must come. Um. Also, one issue with this uh, with the, this ending series of cutscenes is the story they're telling is well thought out and actually interesting. But it's all coming at us at once. I think it would have served the over the, the game better if a lot of this information was doled out a bit more evenly over the course of the adventure rather than dumped on you in the la in the course of three hours. Because it's just a lot. Especially when you're in a mood to play a video game. You know, don't let your story get in the way of the gamer playing the video game. It's still a fine game. I'm still not really sold on the battle system of uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, it's okay. Um, the biggest problem I have with it is uh, it. a lot of times it's really unclear what's going on. Um... So many RPGs do that, says Lyrically C. Keeps hiding something from the team until later in the game. Yeah. 
that whole hiding something from the rest of the uh, team is a trope. And it's a fine one because you can wring a lot of drama out of it. But it's usually like, you know, one character will be hiding something and then it comes out at the, you know, towards the end of the game. They learn their lesson and move on from there, right? No, in Xenoblade Chronicles, Shulk is like seeing visions, but he won't tell anyone about it. And within the first 10 hours of the game, uh, Ryan's like, you know, they get in, it's like, wait, you knew that was going to happen? I, I didn't think it meant anything. It's like, okay, but the next time you see one of those visions, even if you don't understand what it means, even if it shows like one of our deaths or something... Just tell us, and we'll we'll figure this out together, okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'll I'll make sure that I don't. And he does it again and again. They've had this same conversation several times, at least four times throughout the course of the adventure. And and at this point, you just want to slap the characters. <laughs> um. I'm being a pretty hard on the game that I, I I claim that I like. So let me talk about some of the stuff I really do like. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles has one of the best video game worlds. Uh, one of my... I, I'm thinking about like Breath of the Wild. For me, Hyrule and Breath of the Wild is one of, if not the best realized video game worlds. Um, I don't know if Xenoblade's better, but it's certainly right up there. It's just such a unique location. You know, you live on the body of these giant beings. And you can stare up and, you know, you can stare out across and look at the being on the other side looming in the, in the mist. It's really cool. The scale is not correct, but... But it's still very... One thing Xenoblade does very, very well is just big, grand scale. A lot of the areas you are in, you are, in are just humongous and awe-inspiring. Uh, it has an enormous variety of different biomes um, and uh, different uh, places and cultures. The, the way everything fits together is just really, really well done. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful game world. Um, YouTubers, hello Xenofans, hello. Um, I do like the care. They've got a very uh, story-wise. It's a it's a really interesting story. Um, yeah, the game's over ten years old. I guess I can spoil what I know of it so far. Um, so you have your peoples who live on one giant being and the robot peoples who live on the other giant being and the robot peoples are coming over and starting shit, right? So now you're going on a, you know, they invade and they kill a bunch of your friends and so you go on and you're, you gotta venture to out into the world and stop them, right? But there's a lot more going on. You have the magic sword that is the only thing that can hurt the, uh, the, the metal peoples. Oh, but it doesn't work on these specific metal peoples. It also doesn't work on uh, humans. It's it's one of those swords that you can stab people with, but it doesn't affect them. It only works against the metal monsters. Oh, well, that's handy. Except the big, powerful metal monsters. Why doesn't it work against them? Well, you find out later that they haven't really been killing people so much as kidnapping them and 
like doing Borg things and like grafting them onto robot bodies. So now your magic sword won't work on the robot bodies because they've got people inside them. Huh, okay, that's... not. So not only do we have the double whammy of, oh no, our friends have been conscripted into the collective, um, but we also can't do any damage. Uh, that's an interesting idea. And there's a lot of really cool stuff, really cool lore and stuff that's I think could have been dribbled out more over the course of the adventure because most of it's dumped right at the right at the end where I am uh, where you start learning about um, why the mechons why the robot peoples are doing what they're doing what their beef is uh, the why the uh, bionic the the two giant monsters were fighting in the first place and the gods uh, that are essentially the souls inhabiting the giant monsters and you know shulk uh you know one of the characters that you find that was killed at the very beginning of the game you actually find later but they're in a robot body now um and so there's a and it's like oh well crap if we beat the uh the mechan you know the metal peoples then your power supply goes bye-bye <laughs> and you die but they're actually kind of already dead, and then you learn the main character is actually died, but was hard, but was holding the soul of the soul of the Bionis to get the thing to do the thing. It goes all over the place, and I think the pa the story is great. It could have been paced better. Um. So so. A, a lot of varied characters that are really cool. A great cast of characters. Um, the design is really hit and miss. Like, I love a lot of the design. The environmental design is almost uniformly wonderful. Uh, the character design is almost uniformly wonderful. The costume design is really hit and miss. Some of it is really cool and some of it is, oh my god, what are you thinking? I do, however, love the fact that um, when you get a piece of armor or, you know, hat, chest piece, gloves, pants, boots, um, who you equip it on changes how it looks. So the chest piece on Shulk looks incredibly different when it's on Karna, and it looks different when it's on Ricky the the Nopon. Um, so that's that's a really cool touch. That makes it fun to check out what all the armor, and not just if the armor's any good, but what it looks like. And some of the armor sets that they have in this game are really, genuinely, really cool. And some of them are super obnoxious, but in a way that I kind of love. And some of them are just really dumb. So it's a bit of a mix. It, it does lean on, leans towards the cool end, I think. Um, really, the problem I have is the way the game is structured... Um, there is doing side you want to do side quests for the sake of doing side quests because I don't think any of the armor or weapons or anything I've been awarded as a result of a side quest or beating a monster has ever over the course of 80 some hours ever been better than what I already had. Which makes it kind of... 
make side quests less fun because it's like oh i get a pair of pants out of it well it's nowhere near as good as the pants i have so what's the point you know that um bong you lose a lot of the joy of discovery when you go to a new town and you raid the shop and you buy all the cool gear and it's like, okay, out into the wild blue yonder, but everything is going to be weaker than what I have. It's like, oh, well, this, this is not as fun. Uh, Lyrically C says, I can see you doing the video game fashion review for Xenoblade Chronicles. The pro I actually do have one in the can for um, uh, Lady Demetress for uh, Resident Evil Village that my sister and I did last year. Uh... It's kind of waiting for maybe some village DLC or a, some something like that to trying to trying to capitalize on it. I, I have it. It's I haven't edited it yet. Um, I just need to remember that I still have the footage for it. Uh, it would be very difficult to do a, a fashion police for Xenoblade Chronicles. I mean, I guess I could pick a character and do the default outfit. One thing that's nice about the game is all of the cutscenes, at least all the ones I've seen so far, are real-time. So whatever stupid-ass outfit you're wearing is the stupid-ass outfit you're going to see in the cutscene, which is pretty great. That's why I shouldn't buy equipment. You know... that You know, uh, your troopers? That's <laughs> fair enough. It's like, well, I mean, if, if buying all the equipment in the... Um, um, in the town is ruining the experience of doing of the side quest rewards. Don't buy stuff from the shop. That is a yeah, that's. I can't help it though. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> buy all the things. Um. I'm one of those filthy min-maxers. Um, naked Dunban critique. Uh, there, there are. Um, I do, well, unless it's, you're talking about a mod, there are. Uh, mo uh, there are underwear. Well, more swimsuit costumes or armors. That the. I, I think the chess piece is just called uh, oil or something, like it's sunscreen or something. And the characters are standing around in board shorts or bikinis or something. That's pretty funny. Um, I, all of my characters are in just an absolute mismatch of stuff. So that they all look obnoxious because I'm just using the best parts. <laughs> um, definitive Edition... Uh, compared to the one that came out on Wii, did an absolutely marvelous job of making the various menus uh, much more user friendly. Because, oh boy, that uh, there there is. <clears throat> so, uh, you have a party of like seven people. Every single one of them has a weapon. And five armor pieces to equip. The armor pieces often have gem slots, which you have to equip individually that you know buff various attributes. You also collect little rocks and elements and stuff that you forge into the 
uh, gems that you plug into your stuff. So that's another menu right there. Uh, you also have arts, which are your special attacks, which you also find uh, books that you can read so that you can power up your arts. Uh, then you have all of the, you know, just the garbage that you pick up off the ground that you can trade for stuff that you can uh, use to complete quests or to rebuild Colony 6 or to do all kinds. So there's just a mess of stuff to do. And the menuing system in the original release of Xenoblade Chronicles, not quite up to the challenge. Uh, they, they did a lot of quality of life improvements to Definitive Edition and Oh, my Lanta, are they uh, much appreciated. Oh, the, the game is much easier to, um, much easier to play, uh, ju just from a usability standpoint. Um, they, they may have gone a little bit overboard with showing you exactly where every item you need for every side quest is. You can... Can you turn that off? I'm not sure. You can turn off the, the actual waypoint path thing. But you could just not stare at the map and just wander around. And if you walk up to a monster, it has a little exclamation point above it. Oh, he must be holding a thing for my side quest. Um, on the other hand, it, it is helpful when you need pieces. And it's like, I don't know where, where are the Ponyo monsters hanging out. I don't know. So th that, that's nice. Um... I do find that that the generally speaking the monster design is uninspired. They're just kind of it's a big frog, it's a big spider, it's a big caterpillar, it's a weird looking horse. You know, most of the monsters are just not very interesting to look at. That's that's a shame. Uh I think uh, from what I saw of Xenoblade X they did a much better job with the monster design. Much more appealing, much more interesting looking monsters. Uh, Viper, buy all the potions and then never use them. Just in case we need them later. While fighting the last boss, that is exactly what I do. Yep, yep. You can always tell the kind of our, what, what kind of gamer you are. Check your inventory before the final boss. Do you, do you have like 99 health potions and things that you just never use? I am constantly running out of room because I have... Um, I am constantly having to run back to a store and sell stuff because I have all this really low-level um, material used to make gems. That it plug. I'm like, I need to just go sell all this crap because I'm. I can't make any good stuff with it because it's it's just too low level. Because I'm up on level four and five stuff. I don't need the level one, two, and three stuff. I should just sell all of it. Um, but I, I, I am a hoarder. I admit it. I, I hoard stuff. Um, uh, Truber says you can turn off some of the indicators. Uh, you can't turn off the original markers. Yeah, the uh, Definitive Edition does have a lot of, um, uh, does have a lot of, uh, you, you don't have to mark out the quests, uh, but if you're standing next to a monster, it will have an exclamation point over its head. That I'm fine with. So you, you can just not engage with that. Um, let's see what else. Uh, <clears throat> one interesting uh, aspect of the game is what the game wants you to do. Is you, you don't have, you may think that, oh, 
You've got a party of seven people. You can only have three people in your active party at any time. Shulk is always going to... The guy with the Monado, he's going to be the lead. And then you just pick the other two characters. What the game wants you to do is it wants you to try all the different characters, not just in the supporting roles, but in the lead role. In fact, you don't even have to have Shulk in your main party. And they try and encourage you to do that by having an affinity system. So... The more you have people in the active party work with each other and do side quests and stuff together, the greater their infinity with each other grows. And the greater their infinity for each other, the more heart-to-heart -heart conversations, extra special little cutscene things that you can do, which give you more affinity. Which is weird because you need affinity to do the little cutscenes that give you more affinity. That doesn't seem balanced quite correctly. But I, I like the attempts to force you to try out different combinations of characters, even different lead characters. Here's the problem. You really don't want to use anyone other than Shulk as the lead, and you never do not... And you always want Karna in your party somewhere. Because, because Shulk has the Monado, which is the only weapon in the game... That can fend that can protect you against enemy super attacks. If you don't have Shulk in your party and you're not controlling him, and an enemy's going to do a super attack, there there are some things you can do, but for the most part, you're probably going to get killed. That's a shame. And, and Karna, she's your main healer. A couple of the other characters have like one heal spell. Shulk, for instance, has one light heal, but Karna has you know. Uh, the clear debuffs and the, the, the cure status ailments, individual heals, group heals. She is a main heal. She's like, you always want her. So the way you're inclined to play the game, you're encouraged to mix it up, but you're inclined to use Shulk as the lead, Karna in position two, and someone else in position three. Probably someone who's a heavy hitter like uh, Ryan's a good one because he's the tank. He can just... He can aggro the enemy and just take a lot of damage while you poke him in the butt. Uh, if you're late in the game, Fiora, Fiona, whatever her name is, she's a powerhouse. Um, Melina, or whatever her name is, uh, she's good at elemental stuff. Maybe if you had a party of four, you'd use her, but she's not terribly strong. Ricky's kind of useless. He, he'd probably be a good support if you had four places but yeah so it's kind of like that so i i got through a bunch of the game with shulk everyone has a wonderful relationship with shulk the affinity between shulk and everyone is like maxed out but everyone else hates each other <laughs> no one else likes each other at all so i really had to force myself to flip things around and play with some of the other characters uh, in the lead roles. Of course, you can also brute force it. You can uh, give gifts, which means force feed them all the garbage you've been picking up off the ground until they like you. Because <laughs> all the garbage you pick up off the ground, um, every character either doesn't like it, likes it, or doesn't like it to greater degrees. So if, you, so if one character gifts the other character a thing, you can increase or decrease their affinity. So if you want to do a heart-to-heart -heart conversation and someone doesn't like you enough, you just go through your list of garbage that you've been picking up over the last 80 hours and you just force-feed them shit until they like you. And um, 
it makes me giggle because because I think about it. <laughs> you know, here, have a cockroach. Oh, thanks. I love it. Here, have a cockroach. Oh, wonderful. Here, have another cockroach. I've got 27 of these. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Come on, come on. Oh, I'm out of cockroaches. Okay, here's a moldy flower. Here's a Applying <laughs> these people the garbage you picked up off the floor. And they were with you when you picked it up off the floor. They're, ha they're helping carry all that shit. <laughs> I, I think their affinity goes up just so you'll stop giving them garbage to hold. <laughs> They're like, yes, I like you. Please stop giving me presents. <laughs> From the bag of shit that we all fill. <laughs> uh, YouTubers use it. Melia, thank you. Uh, you use her a lot. Um, if you know... Um, She's good. Melia is a really interesting character in how she plays. Um, because she has these, like, she summons elementals. Which, each different element has a different, um, like, if you summon ice, it provides some buff or debuff protection. If you summon wind elemental, it does something. And the more elementals you summon, the greater her attacks go. And then you can throw them all out at a at a uh, bad guy for an ultimate attack. Very bare bones uh, description of how she plays. She's very different from all the other characters. What I found with Melia is she works really well in the pole position when you're when you are um, uh, controlling her. She's a powerhouse. She's great when I play her. When the PC plays her, she's kind of useless. <laughs> um, uh, for those who don't know, uh, you have three characters in your main party. You decide how your main character attacks. The other two are controlled by the computer. To varying degrees of success... And the game has a system where if you do one type of attack that, uh, I, I forget what order this goes in, but if you do an attack that causes the break effect, you break the enemy's guard, then someone can follow it up with a topple, which will knock them on their ass. And then someone else can follow it up with daze, which will keep them on the ground so you can keep poking them in the butt with a stick. Which is cool, except you can't really plan for that very well. So I could break someone, and then you just kind of hope that the other characters will do the correct things in the correct order. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. So, um, there are other things you can do. Like, there's a big, uh, there's a big uh, chain attack thing where you get to control, uh, what attacks are done by each character in what order. So that way you can actually control that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, Melia is a fine character. I just find that for me, she works a lot better as the lead of my party than as a support controlled by the, uh, controlled by the computer. She, at least she doesn't do what I want when I want. Um, <clears throat> uh, Truber says, I hoard elixirs in Final Fantasy games, never get around to using the damn things half the time. Yeah, I'm the same way in games like Dragon Quest. I, I I pick up everything that's not... I will never use this thing. Throw it away. No. 
sell it. I might need it. <laughs> Melia AI is pretty bad. Yeah. Shove love down their throat. Accept <laughs> my love. In the form of this rat <laughs> that I found in the, the cave here. I've, I've got a whole bag of them. <laughs> this bag of rats. <laughs> this bag of rats represents my love. <laughs> Take my love in this form of bag of rats. Okay. Okay, I've been I've been yammering about uh, Xenoblade. Uh, then I have still not finished Xenoblade yet. I have my critiques. Uh, really, the biggest problem with Xenoblade, I would say, is it's it's very of it's not that old. It's only like eleven or twelve years old now. But it's a 2010-2011 game, and it's very 2010-2011 for what it's worth. Um, it does a lot of things really, really well. Some of the, some things not so well, but overall it's it's a fun experience. It's got a lot that I really like about it, including, as I mentioned, one of the best video game worlds. It's right up there. Not sure how I'd rank them. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so I think we're done with the uh, podcast for tonight. I need to eat dinner and then play some more Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, tomorrow is Easter, so happy Easter Eve. Pardon me. Hope you all had a good Friday. <laughs> um, so, uh, tomorrow morning, I think at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I will be premiering a special Easter video. So I hope you'll watch that with me. Um, that will be followed by a supplemental Easter video, which is kind of a behind-the-scenes thing. Uh, so it's only like four and a half minutes long. It's, uh, it's scripted, it actually involved editing, so uh, it's silly. I hope, you'll, uh, I hope you'll watch the premiere with me. Uh, I'm still editing the supplemental video, so I, I can't really schedule the premiere until I have the other one uploaded, because I can't link to it in the credits until it exists, and I can't do that until I finish editing it, so I've still got some work to do. I should stop playing video games and actually finish editing this damn thing. Anyway, so tomorrow... <clears throat> We've got some. We've got a fun Easter video uh, before the um, uh, some more trails in the sky. So, uh, hope you're looking forward to that. Viper says, "If you ever get a chance, you should try Xenogears from the PS1 era. I've yet to find another Xeno game as good. So much so, I named my kid after one of the characters. How about that? All right. Okay. So uh, that's it. Uh, remember, got some Easter videos tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and then uh, game stream Trails in the Sky SC, noon Pacific Standard Time. So, will we beat the game tomorrow? The way I play, no, probably not. <laughs> so, hope to see you then. Have a good night, everyone. Happy Easter Eve. Bye bye. <laughs>